Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk as well as on Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk New French Edition. And I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who's two and a half, and Nathan, who is almost one. Today, we're talking about testosterone with Dr. Tanner. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Fox and I'm the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and mom to two little ones, Hudson who is two and a half and Madeline who is three months old. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Dr. Tanner Alden or today is brought to you by the letter T. I guess that's what we'll go with. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, I'm a naturopathic physician. Really quickly on what I do is uh, is we kind of, we look at people's health through a different lens. Right. And I focus a lot on stress and burnout uh, and, and men's health as well. But predominantly, it's a family practice. And so, you know, this is anywhere from balancing testosterone levels in men to looking at male infertility um, that we actually had a, a past podcast on that was uh, was really great to do. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. So, Tanner, can you start by giving us some basics on testosterone? Yes, we can break it down really, really easy. And it's it's interesting. Testosterone is, I guess, our manly hormone. This is the one that defines us as a man, a lot of people say. Uh, but of course, women have it too. And it's just in lower amounts. And also, men have estrogen. So we, uh, we share just in different levels. Mm -hmm. So testosterone is the primary male sex hormone. And it's an anabolic or growth-promoting steroid. So our pituitary gland, or this little gland in our brain tells our testicles to make testosterone. This is where the majority of it is made. Um, but some of it is also made in our adrenal glands. And these are the little kind of, I like to describe them as like shriveled little raisins sitting on top of your, on top of your kidneys. Uh, and their big job, the adrenal glands, big job is stress responding to stressful environments. So they pump out what's called cortisol. And, uh, you know, if you can imagine this, this, the fight or flight response, like I'm getting chased by a bear, your body, the way it preps for it and gets ready is it pumps out a bunch of cortisol. Um, but in addition, yeah, there's a little bit of testosterone that comes out. So before the little baby boy is born, testosterone is working hard to form the male reproductive organs. And this is as early as seven weeks after conception. So it's really starting quite early and it's a big part of our life from a man's perspective. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and we all know it surges during adolescence and peaks in the late teens or early 20s. And, you know, this is when, like, during adolescence, you're getting your cracky voice and you're starting to discover hair in areas you didn't think was supposed to be there. So it really, it drives a lot of things in our body. Is it when uh, my girlfriend was telling me this is when they're their child become uh, stinky <laughs> this so is when their kid becomes stinky the yes <laughs> yeah definitely hormones can definitely play a strong point in a strong odor so. <laughs> what does testosterone do for men 
Oh, that's a great question. And it's, I mean, a lot of it, we, we know what it does, but it's just good to kind of break it down and see what, uh, what it actually does. So it's, we've kind of talked about this, but it's responsible for the development of male reproductive tissues like the testicles, your prostate and secondary sexual characteristics. So you're, we're looking at hair growing in those areas and, and the smell maybe that's associated with it. <laughs> uh, it's because before I talked about it being an anabolic or growth promoting hormone. So it increased muscle mass and bone mass. A big one we know as well is that it, uh, it regulates our libido. And it's, it's really responsible for fat distribution. So testosterone, testosterone will help men burn more fat more efficiently. So, you know, as we age, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, is, is from a male's perspective, is we start to get a little more fat cells in our body, like the central obesity. And this can contribute to a decline in testosterone. Hmm. So we'll get into that a bit more uh, a little bit later. And then it's also testosterone also produces red blood cells and sperm and boosts self-esteem and it boosts competitiveness as well. So how do men know if their testosterone levels are low? So there are a number of signs and symptoms for for finding out or kind of getting a subjective view of if your testosterone levels are, are low or not. I mean, the, the big ones that we know is, you know, any kind of sexual dysfunction, like erectile dysfunction, decreased libido, and a decrease in energy. Those are kind of the three main ones that a lot of the time you look at and be like, okay, well, we need to investigate to see if this is a testosterone deficiency in the body. So weight gain can also give you a little bit of insight that there may be a testosterone deficiency. Um, Hair loss definitely is uh, is another area that you could see. I mean, I think a lot of people know this when they lose a lot of hair uh, from a male's perspective that it might be something that they want to investigate. Uh, but then there's some mood changes that that some, I mean, for, for guys, sometimes we, we try to be really stoic. And I can't speak for everybody, of course, but just, you know, from the guys I've talked to and, and knowing myself is, is we don't, we're not great with our emotions. Um so a low testosterone level can actually you can become more depressed and there was a study that i saw that suicide rates were going up in men which is which is really concerning and this could be contributed to a lower testosterone level you can also see other mood changes as well uh, i think anxiety is up there as muscle weakness is another big one uh, so if you don't have enough testosterone you can feel overall weak difficulty in concentrating and focus and then insomnia too so difficulty sleeping can be another sign that uh, that your testosterone levels might be dropping below normal levels on the flip side like we talked a lot about the the lower levels and and kind of the signs there um, so what happens if you have really high levels of testosterone and this can come from another number of different places you know un kind of unmanaged or poorly managed testosterone replacement therapy. Um, you can see more aggression and dominance and cystic acne as well are kind of some areas that are like, yeah, this person might have a little too much testosterone. How do men test their testosterone level then? So this is, I mean, this is probably the most important thing you can do before treating. So, I mean, we, we just talked about the, what are some signs of testosterone levels are low, um, but you shouldn't test, you shouldn't treat it without testing it because it is delicate and a lot can be thrown off if it's done wrong. So that's my kind of my warning to, to people, because um, I will give you some advice on ways to naturally increase your testosterone. 
So blood and urine tests are shown to be the best ways to measure testosterone levels in men. And in blood tests, it's you want to look at two different areas. So if you're going to your doctor and you're like, I want to get my testosterone levels tested, ask if you can de- get your your free testosterone levels. So these are the bioavailable ones. So when you go to your doctor to test for testosterone levels, there's kind of two areas you want to look at. You want to look at your total testosterone levels. So this is the total amount that's in your body. Uh, this includes the testosterone that's bound and unavailable. And then you want to look at your available or free testosterone levels. So this is what can be used. And then, so those numbers are really important because you could have your overall testosterone could be high enough according to it, uh, according to the testing. But if you don't have high enough bioavailable or free testosterone, you're not going to be able to use as much. So it's really important to kind of get both of those tested. Saliva testing can is also um, is is generally reserved for testing the stress hormone cortisol in males. So like I said before, blood testing and urine testing is the best way to kind of see where your testosterone at is at. The great thing about urine testing is, I mean, throughout the day, our hormones are kind of produced cyclically. So it's at different times during the day. So like a 24-hour urine sample that we do take, um, we get the patient to take, it can show these kind of, these different patterns of testosterone throughout a 24-hour period. So it's really beneficial to to look at that as well. Whereas the blood is just kind of like a snapshot of what's going on. And again, I just can't stress enough the importance of lab testing when trying to balance hormones. Mm-hmm. It's it's super important. Yeah, you don't want to mess up with your hormones. <laughs> As women, you can this, probably this is not a DIY project. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. No, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and women know a little bit more about hormones. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think they we experience the fluctuation of the month, yeah, and yeah. we know the impact and the cause. Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so what is the cause of low testosterone levels? This is a super important question. So, I mean, when you're looking at low testosterone levels, where it's coming from is kind of the key to to being able to treat it effectively. Um, But first things first, as as, as men age, their testosterone levels will decrease by about 1% a year starting in your early to mid-30s. So this is called andropause. So our testosterone levels are dropping down, you know, pretty slowly from when we're 30 on. Um, And kind of a good analogy for this is like women in menopause, their hormonal changes are literally in just a a handful of years, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's very, very quick. So you see those dramatic changes, but, but men can't see, it's sometimes harder for men to see these like little declines, like maybe they're a little more depressed but they don't know why you know they're putting on a little more weight but they don't know why but it's so subtle they just attribute it to aging and not necessarily low testosterone level or they feel a little bit weak much of what we talked about before and what are some of the signs of low testosterone so a lack of sleep can definitely contribute poor diet i mean i can't stress this enough as a naturopathic physician if you're eating poorly then it's it will affect your pretty much your overall health in every way, shape, and form. Um, and this includes your testosterone levels. So stay away from McDonald's and Wendy's. Yes, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, a friend of mine was telling me not too long ago that Wendy's is okay, it's healthier than the other ones. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> really? I know, it's no. all relative, right? It's yeah. like, how much healthier? And how do you define it? Yeah, um, it's hard, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's convenient, right? Just, yeah. yeah. But right, don't go. 
we need more fast food, like good fast food places yeah. in the city. And they're popping up, which is great. Are, you see a couple of them. Yeah. What's a good fast food place? Freshie. Oh, Freshie. Okay. Yeah. I think one called Smack is phenomenal. And there's, I think there's two locations downtown, but they like super, super quick food. And they do a lot of really good like green curries and red curries. Oh, right. and Ooh, it's fast Come and delicious. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So no, I'm not affiliated with smack but <laughs> i just love them i love their good food and their fast food yeah so let's talk uh let's talk stress stress can be a really big driving factor behind lower testosterone levels so we, we talked a little bit before about the stress hormone cortisol and actually cortisol and testosterone have an inverse relationship so one goes up one goes down so what this means is that we were under more stress, we're under more, you know, and, and stress is a tricky one to define. This is this is anything, right? From, you know, being chased by a bear, which doesn't happen anymore, to, to the way we think, to, you know, a deadline at work, to exercising too much. Our bodies developed this response to stress way back when we got chased by like saber toothed tigers and stuff. But it doesn't it doesn't really differentiate about that now. It's kind of like, oh, we're stressed. We're just going to do the same thing if we were getting attacked by a bear. And even if it is like, you know, mental stress, physical stress, all this stuff. So regardless, the cortisol will be pumped out. And what happens is your cortisol goes up, your testosterone goes down. And kind of the, the mechanism behind this is a little bit... Uh, is, is kind of related to DHEA. Um, this is just one of the precursor hormones to building testosterone. And if you want to be super nerdy and follow along with us while we're doing this, you can like Google steroidal genesis. And then this is just like the, the how steroids are made in our body. And you can see this crazy interconnected pathway of how everything kind of like, you know, one thing goes to this, this goes to that. Like, you know, DHA, DHEA can go to testosterone, testosterone to estrogen, and it's just this muddled mess. But if you look that up, you'll you'll see what I mean. Have fun. <laughs> I can't show you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have fun. Um, yeah, absolutely. So basically, the the precursors for testosterone being produced are being stolen and going to cortisol. That's why higher levels of stress can affect your testosterone levels. Um, so I mean, this, like I said before, this is a big part of my practice. We're working with stress and burnout. And I, I pretty much always address supporting the adrenal glands and the stress response um, through supplementation or counseling or, you know, other ways to, to manage stress, like walking out in the woods. Going down to the roots, right? Yeah, exactly. I do find that often when we've been doing something for a long time, let's say I'm going to take as an example work, right? And if work is stressing you, often I find it becomes normal. You The stress you're under becomes this is all why you know so people don't think they're stress mm -hmm. but they are deadly stress you know and and you can out usually um when you look from the outside you can't see it but people are so used to it and it's hard when you you, you probably have to deal with people like this that they think i'm not stressed everything's good and you can see they are so stressed i do see it at my work all the time i don't know uh, how do you deal with that yeah it's but it's true right and i mean you could say this about you know it's it, you're basically just have a baseline of you think that's normal yeah right and yeah. it could be you could even look at that with diet too right like you kind of feel you know say you have a food allergy i know we're going off on a little tangent but you don't know you you just don't know any different from that feeling like you kind of feel a little bit sluggish a little bit of fatigue and like maybe it's a food allergy or 
sensitivity going, or food sensitivity yeah. or whatever it is and uh and then going back to you know the stress conversation is this like that's what you think is just normal yeah yeah so getting an objective view is is really important and in my practice i definitely work from a pretty solid functional medicine foundation and basically what this means is i just i really like to look at labs and testing you know whether it's hormone testing environmental testing because it gives you that good objective view to be like yes this person is telling us that they're not stressed but his you know his lab work's not lying to me <laughs> you see that's, that's what i mean this exactly. is so great yeah. because like yeah for the people that are completely blind mm -hmm. and have, they think yeah. everything is good and then you, you get your yeah you get you get your level your hormones tested and then it comes let's say it comes back quite high obviously something's happening yeah 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 exactly and it's yeah. and it's good for them to see it's yeah. really mm -hmm. good and so it's um Yeah, it's it's something I always like to incorporate is is further testing, you know, whether it's blood or whether it's hormone or one of these to help out just build the bigger picture. I I think I can relate to this. I think I have a little bit of a masculine side and for me if it's black and white like then it's like okay yeah okay i i understand but and i think heather on the other side you're a little bit more a feminine side right yeah and she'd be like the way i feel and i know i feel it right right am i right here yeah so <laughs> yeah for me i am not stressed i'm fine you know like before i had babies i was working 60 hours a week and i was fine yeah i stopped for a year and i had no idea yeah. and you just get caught up in the grind too totally. right and that's okay but it's just you know Let's be honest here. Stress is never going to leave our lives. No. We just have to learn how to support it when it's too much yeah. and, and manage it during those times, like yeah. during the other times. And there's so many tricks that you can do, like at-home stuff, you know. It's kind of endless on what you can do to support that, even mm -hmm. supplementation if you need. But. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just need to find what works, what for, works you. for you. Yeah. yeah. So some other causes of low testosterone levels is, is we really look at the environmental factors as well so testosterone can be um can be quite can be affected quite a bit by pollution so there's normal there's there are numerous endocrine disrupting chemicals and and think endocrine think your hormones so basically those are chemicals that interrupt the natural you know binding of your hormones to receptors in your body and, and the production uh, and a lot of these are found in, in our environments so one example of an environmental factor are, are phthalates It's found in a variety of products, including, you know, anywhere from cosmetics to, to personal care products, to children's toys, to food packaging and cleaning, um, cleaning and building materials as well. And these will affect the hormonal production of testosterone in your body. And they can be measured in your urine through a simple test for sure. Uh, another thing that can really disrupt your, your testosterone levels is heavy metals. And um, what they do is they impair the enzyme, this one enzyme that's involved in hormone synthesis in your in your liver, uh, and then then you can test all of these heavy metals in your urine as well. So so these environmental factors can play a pretty big role in uh, in your testosterone levels. How do you get those metal into your system? That's a that's a really good question. It's it's a a lot of the time, I mean, anywhere from, you know, the pollution around us, like I was talking about, you know, mm -hmm. car exhaust, um, but, you know, mercury fillings as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as a dental hygienist, I'm, I'm sure you, could, you yeah. can talk about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, people that work in, you know, you know, people that work with, with paint a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Like lead-based paints. It's not as common anymore, but there is, there's just a lot. And then obviously the, the 
really, really bad one is smoking. So smoking is laden with so many chemicals and, and heavy metals that you really want to avoid. But basically, you're just getting this from your environment. So th there's a number of ways that you can get it. What I can say about the amalgam filling is, uh, first of all, it's not the way it used to be anymore. And uh, one thing that I always recommend to my client is, uh, and it's mostly with a dentist, which I'm not, I'm not a dental assistant, so I don't, I'm not there, but uh, we like to put a dam on to protect specifically when we remove the amalgam fillings and a lot of people don't like it and they're exposing themselves to more metal. So I think even, if, even, though, even though you don't like it, have the dam you protect yourself nothing goes goes down your throat or in your mouth it's 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 high isolating you mm -hmm. from any potential exposition you. so it's very important when you go to the dentist to have the dam put on and i know it's hard sometimes but some people feel a little bit claustrophobic with the rubber dam on but it is so important i would never have a feeling done or any dental work done without it actually mm -hmm. yeah okay well it's mm -hmm. good to know good thanks to know. for that yeah no it is and it's <laughs> i know it's a big part for a lot of people cuz I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how many years ago but let's say 20 years ago that was common practice right mm -hmm. and that's what they did so mm -hmm. yep actually i remember um this is before me. I've been hygienist since 96, but a little bit before me, uh, they were actually, the assistant would have to mix the component of the amalgam with a little bit of mercury next to each other and then like putting it and then, <laughs> yeah, so put it in people's mouth, right? So imagine yeah, so as crazy. the person being there, mixing yeah. it. Yeah, it's so interesting. But going back to baselines, they didn't know at that time, no. right? So it's mm -hmm. really interesting. So being, you know, being aware of the science that's coming out and kind of developing is, I mean, that's a huge part of what I do, right? Is keeping up this with this ever-changing world mm -hmm. of science. Yes. So it's uh, it's important, but yeah, I know. I know. Like they used to think smoking wasn't bad. <laughs> I know, gosh. <laughs> or there was a big trend at one point, everybody was removing their amalgam filling to go for white fillings. And you actually expose yourself more I heard by that. removing yeah. it than keeping your, your, your amalgam filling. So what I, this is a personal opinion, but if nothing's broken, mm -hmm. don't touch it. Right. Don't touch it. Yeah. And if your amalgam filling is failing, there's a cavity that has started and needs to be replaced, then you remove it, then, then it's a good time to put a white filling. Aesthetically, yeah. it's nicer, but if it's not needed, don't touch it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> no, this is always this is so great. Uh, so one, two more things I want to talk about with uh, with low testosterone levels and what causes it. And I kind of I briefly mentioned this before, but is um, central obesity that men develop. So this kind of weight gain around the the midsection. So in a male's body, we they don't we don't produce a lot of estrogen, and pretty much the only way that we produce estrogen is actually in our fat cells. And there's a little enzyme in there called aromatase, and what this does is it converts testosterone to estrogen. And what happens is like our, our bodies are pretty smart overall, like they're very intelligent, and they're thinking like, okay, we have too much estrogen, so therefore we have to decrease our testosterone levels because it's producing all this estrogen. So now you see this kind of like negative feedback system where you're, it's not very beneficial to your body and it drops your testosterone levels wow and this was really interesting for me when i came across it is a loss of confidence and a lack of motivation and you can even attribute this to a lack of purpose in life is has been shown to decrease testosterone levels wow yeah i, I, I do <laughs> i do find um 
it's really hard actually to find your purpose in life. We can talk about this, but uh, I think it's really important. And as much as a man, then for a woman to take the time, actually give yourself the space in your life to find your deep core purpose. Yeah, it, it makes for, for a, and I incorporate this into my practice all the time. And it's kind of, if, if anybody's ever heard of the blue zones where you'll see more people over the age of 100 in these areas and grown, there's, there's really strong correlation between, you know, a sense of purpose, you know, a sense of community, you know, eating really good food, drinking really good water, exercise and moving, finding time to relax. And this little equation of things has really helped the overall individual's health. Um, so you'll see centurions in all these areas, and those are the main things that have been studied and shown to be, you know, if somebody has a sense of purpose, they, you know, they feel drive to live. They get up on Monday morning and they're like, this is awesome. Like, let's do this. It's not, oh, it's a Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't heard a Garfield reference in a while. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Um... How can men improve and manage their testosterone naturally? Yeah, I mean, this is, this. I guess this is why most people are probably listening to this podcast, yeah. being like, what do I do on my own? I need to know. Um, but just, just, you know, from me to you and all the listeners is there's no magic pill for this. It does take work and it does take consistency. So... Well, I'll kind of talk about areas that you can you can you know improve and specific supplementation that is uh, it has been shown to be fairly effective. Um, by now, I feel like most people have heard of intermittent fasting, and uh, and this is basically you're just going periods throughout. Um, you know, it could be daily, it could be weekly, it could be have longer days, but you're basically fasting. So intermittent fasting is kind of every, a lot of people doing it and a lot of people are doing it for weight loss. That's kind of a big one. Um, but what they've seen in one study looked at non-obese men and intermittent fasting actually increased the serum LH and this is luteinizing hormone. Luteinizing hormone is that signal from your brain to your testes to produce more testosterone. Um, and it actually increased it by 67%. So doing this intermittent fasting, you know, not only is great for weight loss, which decreases the fat cells in your body that will produce estrogen and decrease your testosterone, um, but it'll also drive up the drive for your body to produce testosterone. So it's been shown to be really effective. And I incorporate this in so many of my patients, you know, whether it's from, you know, weight loss to hormone balancing, uh, but just overall health. It's it's really phenomenal. We could have a conversation on our own. Another so, podcast on that which, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for me, my fasting is basically from breakfast to lunch. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure this is not what you're talking about, right? No. So so when I'm saying intermittent fasting, it's uh, usually you're looking at a window of about 14 to 16 hours of, of no food, wow. right? So basically, if you stop eating at 8 o'clock the night before, You'll fast through the night and you'll fast in the morning and then maybe have your first meal around 12. Okay. Yeah. My only caveat to this is with, with intermittent fasting, make sure you seek out a healthcare practitioner or somebody that's experiencing it because there are certain times when you, when an individual wouldn't want to, um, wouldn't want to intermittent fast because of more complicated health reasons. Mm -hmm. And that can plays on your sugar too, right? So Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Great thing about it though is intermittent fasting can actually help improve insulin sensitivity. So it help Im helps improve, you know, shuttling the sugar from your bloodstream into your cells more effectively. Wow. I know. it's I love it. And it's so simple. Um, 
The other one that's really good for improving your testosterone levels, and, and a lot of people know this for sure already, but it's uh, exercise, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and ultimately, like it really depends on the type of exercise that you do and the frequency that you do it at. That will increase your testosterone levels because excess cardio has actually been shown to decrease your testosterone levels. So you don't want to do too much. I'm not saying don't do any cardio, but like do enough to reach your goals and, and really get up there. Um, but just know that too much in an excess could definitely lead to a lower testosterone level. And then going back to the stress conversation is that, you know, if you're putting your body under the stress, even if it's working out or, but if you're overtraining, you, you can pump out way more cortisol. And then what'll happen is like I said before, it'll decrease your testosterone levels. So if a man works really hard physically, is that can be the same thing as working out too much, you know? You mean having like a labor intensive job? Yeah. It depends. Like, it really depends on how overworked they are, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I would look at it more, you know, if somebody had a labor job and they were working all day with their hands, lifting, moving stuff, and there's always an adaptation process, and these individuals could probably handle more um, than most. But then if they go into working out and they're constantly pushing their body, overtraining can lead to, you know, decreases in immunity, decreases in testosterone, all this stuff. So it's it's mm-hmm. something you'd have to factor in and you'd have to look at, you know, not only the lab testing, but also symptoms that are happening as well. To do with that, my husband actually has a physical job where he's lifting heavy pipe and he's a plumber. So lifting heavy pipe and climbing up and down ladders and stairs and being very physical. And he always says that that's his exercise. And I'm like, no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that's not your exercise <laughs> so it's true that our body does get used to like even if we have an active job we still have to do something different though so he can't go oh but honey now i'm gonna overstress myself if i exercise <laughs> oh no did i just shoot you shoot with the foot. no it's no. uh it's yeah it's it's true like i mean any movement is is really good movement and having a physical job like i've worked with laborers that you know they walk 12 kilometers a day just on the job site that they're doing and that's great for movement um but what i'm going to talk about just in a sec is you also want to do things specifically for for building um building muscles and targeting certain areas right so this brings us into you know what should we really focus on and resistance training is the best to help build healthy testosterone levels. And this will help maintain a healthy hormone level. It'll keep a lean, muscular, and athletic physique. And what these might look like is you really want to do compound exercises. And I'm a huge proponent of this. So so what a compound exercise is like a multi-joint exercise. Like think your squats, think your deadlifts, like a bench press, you know, pull-ups, push-ups, like all these things where you're moving multiple joints rather than just doing like a single bicep curl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not nearly as effective. Um, So I always say that resistance training and making sure you're moving multiple joints in in those trainings. So this next one is great and it's everybody's going to love it, but uh, sexual activity causes testosterone levels to rise. So you can actually just say it's the use it or lose it theory, right? So... (laughs) But it's kind of a double-edged sword too because if lower testosterone levels um, decrease your libido and your, your sexual drive, then it's it's this feedback. But definitely one thing that will boost your testosterone levels is being sexually active. It's the chicken and the egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the chicken and the egg for sure. <laughs> I love it. Oh. 
So next we'll talk about diet and I'll just give a handful of points that are really important for, for optimizing your testosterone levels. So, you know, decreasing your alcohol consumption, um, alcohol decreases a coenzyme in your liver that's necessary for the production of testosterone. So the more alcohol you drink, the less testosterone you will, will produce. And then I know this is a common theme in my world for sure. It's a uh, kicking the sugar habit and, I believe I mentioned this before earlier in this podcast is lower testosterone levels can decrease that insulin sensitivity. So your body's ability to, to take the sugar out of your bloodstream and, and shuttle it into cells, uh, healthy fats, super important for helping, um, with these healthy testosterone levels. And this is because like in this, that great little chart that everybody probably has up on their computer screen right now is uh, healthy fats. Cholesterol is the backbone of almost of all of these hormones right so this is that's what is kind of used as the foundation to build off of you know so things like coconut oils fresh fish fish flaxseed chia seeds you know salmon walnuts avocados almonds olive oil these are all really really healthy fats that uh, you should be incorporating into your diet on a daily basis and then getting an adequate amount of carbohydrates so one study found that when combined with daily exercise, a low-carb diet raised cortisol levels. So now we're going back to this stress thing where cortisol levels go up. We know our testosterone goes down. And, uh, and you want to make sure that you're having an adequate amount of carbs for the exercise that you're doing. And the, the last one that's really important uh, for so many health reasons, not just testosterone, but it is eating cruciferous vegetables to support a healthy liver. Our livers, liver is like this filter system of our body where, you know, it processes toxins, it, you know, metabolizes drugs, it metabolizes hormones as well. So, you know, cruciferous vegetables like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, all this delicious stuff uh, really helps to support your liver metabolism um, and those healthy hormone levels. So now we'll get into some some specifics. So just have a handful of them here for you. But uh, ashwagandha, and I talked about this in my male fertility uh, discussion, is uh, it's really good to help boost testosterone levels. So the root powder in this one study was administered to 75 infertile men at 5 grams a day. Yeah, it's pretty high. Um, but for three months, and it resulted in increased levels of serum testosterone. So relatively quick, like three months is... That's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah for, for doing a natural way. Mm -hmm. um, Panic ginseng is really good for enhancing fertility and low libido, and it also increases testosterone. The other one is zinc, and just a little throwback, zinc for the dink, is uh, <laughs> deficiencies have been correlated to lower testosterone levels for sure. And then this one is, I, I found this pretty interesting when I came across it, but vitamin D deficiency, which is really, really common. A lot of people know vitamin D deficiency as like, you know, people might get sad or seasonal affected disorder. And in where we are in Vancouver, it's, it's tough. I mean, we have two seasons. We have, you know, the sunny season and the rainy season sort of thing. So we don't get as exposed to as much sunlight as we should. Um, but you will probably never be able to budge your testosterone levels if your vitamin D is in a deficient state. Uh, so it's really important. You can get that tested through, through a blood work as well, but it's, you know, supplementing with vitamin D is kind of one of my top five supplements that I do for sure on a daily basis. What kind of uh, IUs are you looking for usually as like what, what people should take? 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a fantastic question. And I've been looking at the research quite a bit with this. And there was um, recently there was one put out saying like we're highly, highly underdosing supplemental vitamin D because people think, you know, 1000, 2000 is is enough. But what they're finding is it's not even close. And the big concern is vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So it really stores itself in your in your fat cells. So people don't want to take too much because they get concerned about levels that are too high. Um but a lot of the research is showing that, you know, 4,000, 5,000, I use daily for the rest of your life, you won't see any toxic levels. Okay. You know, get your vitamin D tested now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've even read some research that's saying you can go as high as eight to 10,000 okay. pretty consistently. So, so get that checked. Yeah. Yeah. Get it checked. And then that would really, that would define like how, you know, how much more you would supplement and, and getting those levels up. But yeah, that's kind of, that's what the research is showing. Mm-hmm. So to wrap this all up, the bottom line of uh, testosterone levels is, you know, get them tested. Wait for, you know, initially and then in monitoring it so we don't throw it off too much. Um, making sure that you have a balanced diet, like we talked about before, is super important. And supplement where where you need. Definitely for men, like, stay lean because, you know, those fat cells, they will they'll convert into the testosterone into more estrogen. Doing regular exercises, um, like the resistance training, and with, like, don't, don't put cardio out. Like, still do it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely, like, focus on the resistance training. And then, as always, everything in life, get enough sleep and time to relax is so important. Mm-hmm. So we can find uh, Dr. Tanner Alden on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. But, Tanner, where else our listeners can find you? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. This has been uh, it's been a great conversation. Um, people can find me. Uh, my website is www.drtanneralden.com, uh, and you can keep in touch with me through. You know, you can get my email on there, and I actually have a section called Ask Doctor T. <laughs> Just uh-huh, like today's. The there, tea, it yeah. there it is. There it is. I love it. Uh, and then you can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tanner Alden. Well, thank you for coming. So, Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. Can you please pick one and read it to us? All right, everyone. So today our question is, would you rather be a great musician, athlete, scientist, artist, politician, or writer? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So many choices. (laughs) So many choices, I know. So what was that? It was a... Musician, athlete, scientist, artist, politician, or writer. No, I don't. I don't think I'll ever be a politician <laughs> kind of guy. So, I, you know what? Um, I wouldn't have said this like five years ago, but I, I think I'd want to be a better writer. I think, like for for what I do as a naturopathic physician, I feel like you know if I could write and and get my message out to more people, I could help that many more people, right? Mm-hmm. I think it would be phenomenal to get a clear, effective way. And even doing this is is great as well. So mm-hmm. I I would go with writing. And for, for sure. you, Heather. I would. Hmm. I think I would have to go with maybe musician. I've always enjoyed singing, but I would like to be a lot better at actually playing instruments oh, to good. Yeah. accompany. Yeah. <laughs> that goes with your uh, artistic side. Yes, too, my artistic right? side. Exactly. Yeah. Just... That would have been my second one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I was torn. I think for me, a little bit in the same line as Tanner, definitely a writer and a politician. Ah. definitely if I, I I probably would not make it very long as a politician because I don't think so I would deal with uh, I, I don't think so anybody can buy me <laughs> so 
<laughs> no, I would really be for my uh, for people. Like I think, yeah, I would love to actually uh, do something different in politics in Canada or anywhere in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Tanner and Heather, for being here. Thank you for your contribution in other parents' life. Uh, for our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on our website or on iTunes so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.